Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 102 for the first of Adar Shini in a leap year. Happy Rosh Chodesh. It's a new month. Rosh Chodesh Adar. And I forgot to wish you guys a happy Rosh Chodesh yesterday. It was also Rosh Chodesh the first day. So happy double Rosh Chodesh for this month of joy. Perm's coming up. Really great month. And today we are going to be continuing chapter 34 of Tanya. But before we get into the chapter, I'd like to proceed by telling you about the, that time that I got lost in the forest on my grandfather's ranch. <laughs> so here we go. So basically, so my grandfather, my paternal grandfather used to have a ranch in Calgary, Alberta. That's in Western Canada. And my family would go visit every so often. And so one year we were visiting on this ranch beautiful ranch. I loved it. And I decided to decided to take a walk on Shabbos. And we were staying in the house that we were staying in right outside of the house. There was a little forest, not a very big one, just a small little forest. And I decided to explore. I decided to start walking into the forest and I didn't want to get lost, obviously. So smart little me, (laughs) what did I decide to do? I decided to take a few steps forward and then look back and make sure that I could see where the house was so I could keep sense of my direction and where I was going and then take a few more steps, look back, make sure I saw the house and continue along this way. So I started out okay, started walking a little bit, looking back at the house, saw the house, continued to walk a little bit more, looked back, saw the house, a little bit more, looked back, saw the house. All of a sudden, I'm walking a bit more, look back, I do not see the house. The house is gone. I had gone too deep into the forest. I could no longer see the house. I said, okay, no worries. It's only been a few steps. I'll just retrace my steps, walk back in a straight line towards the house, make sure I know where I am and all is good, right? So I start turning around, walking in what I thought to be a straight line and I'm walking and walking and walking and no house. (laughs) I do not see the house because of course, and if you couldn't tell by now, I'm not the most seasoned uh, hiker and I do not have the best sense of direction not even in the forest. When I'm in regular life, I don't have the best sense of directions to forget about it when I am surrounded by trees and literally in a forest and I don't know which way is right and left. I was totally lost after a few minutes and I realized that. And, you know, at first I didn't get too nervous. I said, okay, let me just continue to explore, try to figure out where I'm going. After a while, I did begin to panic a little bit because I realized that I really had no idea where I was going. I realized that I didn't have my cell phone on me. It was Shabbos. I realized that it was later in the day. It would probably become night at some point. I started to notice that some of the surrounding ground around me was actually quite murky and watery and like swampy. And I didn't know if perhaps there was going to be some kind of 
river or something and how I would get out. So long story short, I eventually did make it out. I eventually was able to kind of sense the, uh, the direction of traffic and, and follow traffic and eventually noticed like a gate that kind of like a, like a fence that indicated to me that, okay, that's like the edge of the ranch and I just need to make it over there. And somehow or another, I don't know how exactly I did make it out before dark and I made it back home and all was safe. But this was a really good lesson for me to not do this in the future, to not just go exploring on my own. And for those of you who have gone hiking, and I have actually gone like normal hiking in a group or with friends or whatever uh, on actual trails, hiking trails, those of you who have done this as well, and some of you may be a lot more seasoned than I am at hiking, know about this idea that when you hike, there are markers that are put on the trees. So there's like a little mark, like a, like a colored line of of sorts that indicates to you and tells you which direction you should go so that you don't get lost for exactly this reason. Because it's it's interesting because it's like when you are in the forest, like when I was in that experience, you don't realize how easy it is to get lost. Like you take one wrong turn and all of a sudden you don't know where you are. Sure, there are some nature experts who do this for a living course or who have studied extensively the art of hiking and nature and all those kind of things that have learned how to navigate their way around the forest without needing these markers. But even for them, they are going to have certain goal, certain posts, certain kind of like devices, like whether it's a compass or something like that, that's going to keep them on track, going to remind them of where they're going. Like the famous story with Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs, you know, and that kind of thing. So we're all familiar with these kind of things. So why am I bringing all this up? Why am I bringing up the idea of the forest and getting lost in the forest and the markers and all that stuff is because in my opinion, this relates very much to today's Tanya and what we're going to be learning about. So if you recall yesterday's Tanya and go back and listen to it, please, if you haven't yet, we talked about this idea of trying to become more grounded and the danger of losing ourselves, of disappearing if we become too nullified within God, which is what we want to do. So it sort of presented this paradox to us where a lot of the focus of what we've been learning up about up until this chapter is about specifically trying to hone our consciousness and our understanding of God to, and our understanding of the world and ourselves and our bodies and our souls to such an extent where we can really have this awareness that the true reality is God and that nothing truly exists other than God and that everything is really just a manifestation of godliness, whether it is revealed or not revealed or whatever it is. And then yesterday we talked about how there's a certain danger in this for the average person because if a person really comes into this true consciousness in a true way, they might totally expire. They might totally lose their sense of self and and their self-identification. And we learned about how this indeed is what happened to the Jews at Mount Sinai when we received the Torah. We were literally unable to handle the extent of this revelation and we literally died and we had to be brought back to life. So yesterday we talked about the idea that 
this is why God immediately told us that we need to build a sanctuary because the sanctuary served as a kind of like grounding for us, a grounding for him really in order to have some kind of container in which he could manifest so that we wouldn't lose ourselves and and we could still experience him in a more contained way. And today we're going to be learning about how nowadays when we don't have the sanctuary, we no longer have the temples, how do we do this nowadays? So what are So to bring this back into the forest analogy that I was bringing up, what are our markers today? How do we not get lost in the forest? How do we not lose ourselves in this experience of godliness? So the answer to this, to cut to the chase, is what we know of as halacha. Halacha is known as Jewish law. Might sound really boring, like, wow, what an anticlimactic (laughs) ending to this whole idea of transcendence and loftiness and self-nullification is like, wow, law, that's the answer? Yes, indeed, that, that's the answer. Because what we will learn about is that what is Jewish law? It's not just about keeping us in line and giving us like these different dictates to be like good little children and stuff like that. But actually, the law that is given to us through the Torah, are each one of those laws are actually direct and expressed expressions of God's will, ultimately. And we learned this a little bit previously, if you recall, when we talked about the whole idea of how when uh, if a person asks somebody to get them a glass of water for them, then that's like a true expression of themselves. And it's like if you go get water for somebody who asks you to bring water to them, that's like a really deep form of bond. So today we're really going to continue along these lines and really understand this idea that the laws that we learn in Torah are not just like these random kind of things that are there just to keep us in line and be very religious and, you know, in this kind of superficial way. But the true purpose of them is actually in order to ground us and in order to prevent us from becoming lost in the forest, so to speak, or truly in the sense of not becoming totally nullified and, uh, and disappear within God. Because again, to bring it back to the forest analogy, we, most of us anyways, are not these forest experts. We're not foresters. We're not expert hikers and things like that. And even if we were, even those kind of people need these demarcations. So then to bring it back to Torah and God and all these things we're talking about, as we talked about how for the Avos, for the forefathers, for Moshe, for the prophets, they kind of like, they achieve this level of being so attached to God in a true way and being such God experts, quote unquote, that it's not that they didn't need halacha. They actually still did did need halacha and they did keep Jewish law, but they were able to contain God within them in a more embodied way without expiring because of the level that they were at. But most of us are not these experts, so to speak. Like we are not on this level. And this is why for us, for the average person, which is me and you and everybody, most everybody in the world, we actually, not only is it just like that it's good for us to keep the laws of the Torah and it's something that God wants from us and things like that, we actually need it in order to connect with God in a way that will allow us not to expire and not to totally lose our sense of self. So let's get into the text and see how the Altar Rebbe explains all of this and then maybe we can bring it all together at the end. So here we go. So the Altar Rebbe begins and he says that since the temple was destroyed, 
that God no longer has in his world a sanctuary an abode to dwell within in order to reveal his unity. So there's no place in the world after, since the temple has been destroyed and we no longer have a sanctuary, God can no longer be revealed in his true unified way in the world. If not for, so there is a place that he can be revealed. How is it that he becomes revealed nowadays? Within the four cubits of halacha, of Jewish law. Why? Because what is Jewish law? Jewish law is the will of God and his wisdom, which are revealed within the various laws that are set out before us. So thus, the altar explains to us, after a person sits and meditates in their mind about this whole idea of nullification of the self and how everything is truly nullified in God, which is something we learned about in the previous chapter, go back please and listen to that, those episodes if you haven't already, then they can then the next step in this meditation is that a person should really ingrain it in their in their heart to understand the the facts that because we are lowly of minds like we have a very limited limited minds and because i am lowly of minds like my mind is very limited and the root of my soul is very limited that the smallness of my minds and the limitation of my soul inhibit me from being this true chariot and sanctuary for the unity of God in a true way because of the fact, as we learned, that there is no thought that can contain him. So there is no way that I can actually contain God within my thoughts uh, and not even in the smallest measure to the extent of what our forefathers and our prophets understood God. So it's like we sort of have to humble ourselves and realize the limitation of our intellect and of our soul that we are nowhere near the level of our forefathers and our prophets who were able to contain God within them. Then thus we say to ourselves, so I will say that, okay, this is true. I have this very limited mind and very limited capacity in my soul. So I'm going to make a sanctuary for God. And how am I going to do this? I'm going to do this through studying his Torah. Every time that I have free time in my spare time, I'm going to devote it to studying Torah anytime I can, whether it's during the daytime, whether it's at night, as stipulated by the laws that govern the learning of Torah. So there are actually, it's actually a, a Torah law to study Torah. So in this studying of Torah, this is a good opportunity to learn about God's, God's laws. And the altar rabbi here brings a citation from the Gemara from Menachos, page 99b, that says that even if one person, if a person learns one chapter in the morning and one at night, that is enough to fulfill the. It's, it's, it's like sort of like the limit of the minimum, the minimum quota for fulfilling this law of learning, of learning Torah that we're supposed to do. And so, when a person does this, when a person devotes their time, their spare time to learning about God and learning about His Torah, then. Through this, we should actually be really happy and we should feel a gladness in our heart and rejoice and give thanks for our inheritance with great joy and with gladness on the heart over the fact that we merited in order to be a guest for God's glory, for God's greatness twice a day, according to what we're able to, according to the amount of the spare time that we have and that we're able to allot to this and according to the capacity which God gave to each individual person to do this. So this is the end of the section. So just to kind of bring it all together again and kind of maybe bring it back to this forest analogy to see if hopefully all that can make sense is well, what the altar is basically really teaching us today is that without studying Torah, 
and without specifically learning about the laws of the Torah, we're kind of lost. We're not the forefathers. We are not Moshe Rabbeinu. We're not the prophets. And we shouldn't mistakenly think that we are and that we are able to connect with God in a way that is like over and above reason or with through our own intellect or anything like that because we've already learned this idea that there is no thought there is no intellect that is able to contain god so just like if again if a person is is in the forest there's absolutely no way especially if they're just going to be this like average person that a person can find their way out of the forest just by kind of like looking around and <laughs> figuring things out. Like there's a really small chance that the person's going to figure out their way out of the forest. So this, so in order to really contain God in a true way and in order to live with a godly awareness without getting lost, it's really, really essential, essential and incumbent upon each individual to take seriously the dictate, which is to study Torah and specifically to study the laws of the Torah, which are the manifestation of God's will. So we can really think about these laws and uh and the halachos that Hashem laid out for us as sort of like being like the markers that you see in the forest that keep you in check and keep you knowing in which direction you're going and sort of contain your hike in a way that you can really enjoy the hike without getting lost. That's sort of how I understand it to be. Again, no analogy is really perfect and it's just an analogy that I kind of came up with to explain these concepts better. I hope it helped. And that is the basic idea. And we're going to continue with this tomorrow and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.